I'm Cape. And I'm Drew. We're just two former student athletes who understand the game. Not just on the court. But in life. At the end of the day, we just want to help. Today's athletes and former just trying to find their way. It's bigger than sports. This, this is, is the Cape and Drew Podcast. Podcast the, the Real, real TikTok. TikTok. What's up, everybody? I'm Kate. I'm Drew. All right. Today is a very, very special episode. We got family on the show today. My cousin, my little cousin, sister, sister, who is a young uh, nurse slash whatever else she is, socialite. I don't, I don't know if you're a socialite or not. I see you posting all the time about women's stuff, women empowerment, and Black Lives Matter and all of that good stuff. But um, we got somebody that want to hear that's going to talk it talk about COVID-19 from her perspective. So, um, you know, welcome to the show, Victoria. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We got to keep it in the family. Yes, of course. <laughs> so the first question we always ask is just, you know, how are you doing <clears throat> as far as, you know, during these times? Um, a lot going on here right now, so we just want to check in. So kind of what's been the best part about being in this quarantine and what's been like your worst part? Oh, best and worst. I'm not really sure what great things have come out of it, aside from knowing that you're not getting COVID. But the <laughs> like probably the worst part is like being lonely, I guess, like <laughs> being home alone. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say probably just like being being alone. But that's also the good part of it, because you can be alone. <laughs> that's true. Have you have you gotten into any hobbies or read any books or did anything like that? I've started studying for um, a certification for um, certified critical care nurse and started studying for the GRE because I'm planning on going back to grad school. Nice. So that's pretty much where that time's gone to. But yeah. Cool. You know, school education is not really that important. I mean, you really don't. It's really not. And I'm just not even going to go back, actually, after the pandemic. I'm done with nursing. <laughs> no, say that. We need, we need you in there. But no, do what you need to do, because I know it's crazy. But um, so you, you just kind of touched on it. So you're a nurse, um, registered nurse, correct? Mm -hmm. Traveling yeah. registered nurse, right? Um, and you just went to New York, I right? Early okay. year. Mm -hmm. For like a year? Earlier this year, and then Early. I went to Texas. And then you went to Texas. Okay. So talk to us about a day in the life as a registered nurse, but then talk about it. You know, what was it like dealing with COVID every day? Okay. So before COVID, pre-COVID, a regular day of like a nurse would be, well, I work night shift. So I would sleep during the day and I would wake up around maybe like 5.30, eat, get dressed, go to work, and then get report, which is basically like a rundown of the patients that I would be receiving um, and explain it through systems. So like cardiac wise, what's going on neurologically, GI, GU, all that good stuff. Um, talk about family, like do they have family coming or, you know, what's going on with that? And then I would go and do my first assessment. Um, I work in the ICU, so we do three assessments, um, but we're in the room constantly. And I usually receive two patients um, and then that's, it's a 12 hour shift. So it's constantly on your feet, um, constantly working with, um, patients and dealing with families and all that good stuff, calling doctors in the middle of the night. Um, and then the shift is usually over around seven, seven thirty, depending on where you work. 
and then go home and do it all over again, sleep for a few hours and do it all over again. Um, but for COVID, because I'm working in the hot spots, um, everything is pretty much, I stay in a hotel. And so I live in a, in a hotel and um, I don't have a kitchen. I don't have like normal things that people do like when they prepare for work. Um, like but, I can't meal prep, anything like Victoria, that. Victoria, let me stop you right there. Cause I follow okay. you, I follow you on social media. Uh -huh. And some of them hotels you were staying, it was, they was tight though. They was, they, they was kind of made it sound like it was like dirt bag. Okay. You were the not. not that great, but the ones in New York. So, uh, the Hilton was doing this, um, like free hotels for nurses, um, at the beginning of the year. Well, you had to have like a critical care, like account or whatever. It was like, it was something that was just like, it was like maybe $90 or something to have the certification or to have an account. And then you have free stay at a, any hotel, at any Hilton hotel for like a, a month and a half. So on my days off, I was like going to other Hilton hotels in New York, like just like, yeah, going for free. I was just like, this is really nice. This is the life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it gets tiring after a while because it's just like, you know, like carrying your luggage everywhere and like you don't know anybody at all. So, yeah. Yeah. But talk, so, so I cut you off, but talk to go, go, you know, talk a little bit more about just COVID and what you saw, like working as a, as, as a RN. So, um, it's a lot of death. And it's a lot of um, like sad stuff, like dealing with, um, so since COVID started, you can't have any family, family members at the bedside. You can't have family members like visiting or anything like that. And certain hospitals will only allow um, the exception of death. So if the patient is dying, um, actively dying and they've withdrawn care from the patient, the, the hospital will allow one family member in New York, it was only one family member. Um, in Texas, the hospital that I was at was allowing three family members to come view the patient or the, or the body um, if they can make it in time. But you're not allowed to come visit. They're basically all alone by themselves um, in the room passing, um, except for the nurse um, or the other nurses or doctors that are present. Um, and so it really is, it's, a, it's way more depressing than what people think it is. And they don't really understand like the the gravity and the weight that, you know, that holds because you really can't see your loved one. Um, if they're on the first floor, some hospitals will allow you to see them through the window. But other than that, it really is the family member dying in the room by themselves. Um, so, yeah. That sounds just, I don't know, it just, it just sounds like depressing. And I feel like those who care for them probably need some like services as far as just I don't know, like, if I would just see someone die every day, yeah. like, I don't think I would handle that. Like, so yeah. I just, like, I can remember seeing a couple of your posts, like, you could tell, like, you were just frustrated, like, yo, I am out here seeing this. It's so frustrating to, like, see people post on Instagram, like, at parties, and I'm like, this, my family, my patient's family member, like, had COVID from a grandchild or something, who, somebody like that who went to a party, or who was going to social gatherings, and then they brought it back to someone who brought it to someone who brought it, literally the entire family is now in quarantine because they have all been infected. And that was how most of my patients had received COVID. It's not like, oh, well, my coworker had it, or, oh, I went to the grocery store with a mask on. It really was a family member infected them. And that's what people don't understand, is that they think that because they're family, like, oh, I trust my family member, you know, it's, it's fine. Um, but it's not whether it, you can trust that person or you don't trust that person. It's anybody can have it. And 
it's whoever you're not wearing a mask around is likely to give it to you. Mm. So they don't really understand that, but. So we, you know, we, we hear all these things in the news, right? And they make it sound so, uh, you know, popcorn special kind of sometimes. Like, you know, hey guys, it's gonna be okay. Just social distance. Yeah, no. <laughs> what can you share, like from your perspective, like, hey, like if you had to like scare somebody straight, what would you tell them as far as like, this is real? <laughs> um, well, I would, I would probably start by talking about the disease process without even like going into like the cellular level, I would say, and this is honestly what I explained to my patient's family members. Um, when I'm talking to usually it's their spouse, I say, you know, dealing with COVID and dealing with a family member in the hospital who's diagnosed with COVID, it's like riding a roller coaster where some days you're going to have your ups and you're going to receive good, good news. And the other days it's on the downslope where it's like, wow, I really thought that we were making progress. And I say, you know, it's, it's, it's a process of moving two steps forward, three steps back every single day. It's like that constantly because first COVID infects your lungs. And sometimes, I mean, patients, obviously, like we were, we were just talking about how patients um, or people who are diagnosed with COVID, they don't have all the symptoms or they don't have any of the symptoms. But first, COVID will infect your lungs. It can move to your brain. It can move to your vascular system where you can develop clots, um, which could eventually become what's called a pulmonary embolism, which is a clot that goes to your lungs, which is death. Um, or it could be a stroke, which is like a um, clot in your brain or it could be a heart attack. Um, they can develop a rash. You could lose your, your taste of, uh, your sense of taste, your sense of smell. Um, I mean, there's so many ways that it, it could progress. And so I really explained to the family members, um, not necessarily to scare them, but just so they know that, um, you know, you've been around this person because you're the spouse or you are the mom or the daughter or whatever. And so now you are possibly at risk for getting it. Um, and, just, just because a lot of patients don't, a lot of family members don't think this is real. Um, and so, and it can, and it really is a gamble. You know, some people are like, well, I'm healthy, so I can't get it. Or even if I do, I'll be able to fight it off. It's a gamble because people in their twenties can still die from it. Um, so you're gambling, sure you're healthy, but fingers crossed, I get it and I make it, you know, that's not really, I mean, I don't really think that's safe, but if that's what you want to do. <laughs> and look, it's funny you say that because Drew has heard me say this, and I've said, I'm like, if I get it, I'll probably be, I'll, in my mind, I'm like, I'm, I'm healthy, you know, I'm, I exercise, I'm okay, yeah. I don't smoke, I don't, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, I'll be all right. I, the, the, the thing in my mind is like, it's going to suck to have it and be quarantined and not be able to hang out with my wife and yeah. my kid. Yeah. But to your point, and I'm I'm very safe. Like I, I wear my mask and I just started going back into work and I don't I don't talk to anybody. I go to my uh, office, shut the door. Yeah. Um, but you're right. I mean, you're hearing more people that are young, your age, or even you know kids now, uh, getting it. And my biggest fear is like going out here, being irresponsible, getting it, and coming back home and giving it to my wife or my kid because I might be able to handle it but they, they might not be able to handle it. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So. What the scary thing is, is like people will say, oh, well, if, if my kid gets it, it's fine. You know, they don't have any symptoms. It doesn't show, like the research has shown that children don't have any symptoms or they're asymptomatic. But what I'm concerned about is, sure, they might be asymptomatic now, but this is while they're developing. This is while they're growing. Mm -hmm. We don't know what could happen in 20 or 30 years from now when, yeah. they've, when they've matured, their lungs have matured, they're just everything's matured. And now what, you know? 
there's no telling. Um, this is all fresh and new, and we won't know until 2030, yeah. 2040, right. you know what right. I mean? What the- You know, was like, were you infected with such and such? You may be entitled to money. Like, this might be one of those things in 20 uh, years from now. Well, if that's the case, I'm going to get it so I get that check. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, so, you know, like we talked about, we see on the news and we see on social media, me and Drew both work on college campuses. So we see people, large gatherings and all of that. But what do you say to people that, because it's kind of turned into a political thing, obviously, uh, people that just don't want to follow the CDC guidelines or the public health directives by simply putting on the mask or the face covering or do the yeah. social distance and or both. What do you say to those people? And this is a kid. Well, I feel like you've been in a, you, <laughs> you've been in a, in a what do they call it, those banners in New York? <laughs> those little markets where it's like, I know you don't have on a mask, but like what, like, what do you say? Right. I mean, just prepare for the worst, like prepare to lay in your own bed. You're making your bed. So, I mean, people, patients say this all the time. I've had, I know like friends who've gotten this, they all, everyone says the same thing. I would not wish this on my worst enemy. Hmm. That's, that's what they all say. Or patients, the worst thing is when the patients are like, um, I really thought, I thought this was a hoax. And there was one that was on the, a patient that was on the news or somebody, I guess, went to the news about, about what the patient said after they passed. It wasn't at my hospital. Um, this was on the news, so I'm not breaking HIPAA, but they said that um, <laughs> they were like, I thought this was a hoax. Um, I made a mistake and he died like right after that. And um, he was like 32, I think. Um, I think I saw that. I think I know. I still yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can be at any age. You don't really know. I mean, some people don't get regular checkups. Like they say that they're healthy, but you could just because you think that you're healthy doesn't mean that you actually are healthy. You could have underlying diseases that you don't know about. You could, you know, have diabetes and not know that you're diabetic. You could have hypertension and not know that you have hypertension. Just because you don't go to the doctor on a regular basis, you might not know that you have high blood pressure. I mean, there are little things that all could add up eventually that makes you actually, you know, compromise that you are unaware of. So. I can't believe people really still think it's a hoax. Like. I know. We got, to, we just got up to 200,000 deaths, I want to say, nationally, uh, yesterday, I want to say. So. I I don't understand. I see people every day, like, if it's like maybe at a gas station where it's like they're not wearing a mask and it's like that awkward, like, I don't want to make eye contact with you because it's like, all right, it's, I don't know. You it, just want to, you just want to tell people like, in, in my opinion, it just boils down to people don't want to be told. If you have this mindset where nobody's going to tell me what to do. Yeah. And, you it's know, we, you said what, Victoria? They, they're like, it's American, like, yeah. like, I don't have to do that. Um, yeah, you don't have to tell me, you're not going to tell me what to do. Right. It's it's privilege. It's privilege. And, and, you know, people want to tie it to their freedom of whatever. Instead of, you know, the videos I see, they're like, well, show me the law, show me the ordinance, show me the whatever. But if this really smart doctor, talking about Dr. Fauci, and other experts that have been studying this stuff, epidemiologists have been studying this stuff for 30 years. If they say wear a mask, I don't need a constitution. I don't need a law. I don't need an ordinance. I'm going to stay six feet away from people and wear a mask. But that's my mindset. I, you you got to understand everybody doesn't have, you know, some people just have that rebellious, like, nah, man, like I pay my taxes. You're not about to tell me 
those are the people that get sick or go to jail <laughs> or, you know, just something bad happens to them because they can't, they can't accept what's real out here. And so, um, it's, it's a shame. I mean, other countries have shake, shaken this thing so quickly uh, or, or quicker than we are uh, shaking yeah. this thing because they had simply followed the, the rules, the ordinances and the laws and the instructions. Right. So it's sad. It we were... The government took it a lot more serious and it was like, like when you're quarantined, they stay on top of you. Like if you're seen outside of your time during quarantine, outside of your home during quarantine, they're arresting you or like it's, it's serious. Yes. Here they don't yeah. What you say, Drew? I said we need uh need to be mindful like the NBA bubble, but definitely not the case. They were just kind of taking people's word, like, all right. <laughs> yeah. They so forgot yeah. your mask, okay. Right. And then and then 45 is up there acting like, you know, you know, those recordings came out where he didn't act like it was not a big deal. And yeah. you know, and he calls that leadership and calls it whatever. Well, no, nah, you, you, you be honest with us, man. Don't, don't, don't play this thing down like this is just a flu or something because some people are so uh, mesmerized by him that they're going to follow him instead of the experts. You know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, I just saw on the news uh, this morning, today's show, the Ozark. It what made me think about it because the show Ozark, there was this motorcycle bike rally that they have every year down there. Did you see that, Drew? Where they were down there, this motorcycle bike rally, Victoria, no mask in sight, thousands of people. And, and you, we know what color they were, right? They're down there <laughs> and, and no mask, nowhere. And, and literally what you just said, they were like, they were down there talking like, well, if we get it, we just get it. We'll just deal with it. But those people are not all from Missouri. They're going to go back. <laughs> right. And that right. is the problem. And that was what the issue was in the spring when everybody was at like Miami Beach. Oh. Because they're all gonna go home and then spread it to their households. Yes. And you know, uh, a lot of colleges and universities have, have already canceled spring break for 2021. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because, and I don't, my university hasn't made that decision yet, but I think it's wise because if not, kids are, the flights are cheap. So they go book the Cancun or Miami like never before uh, and then come back to campus or go back home. So I think it's the wise thing to do. And, yeah. and young people, you know, young people think that we just, you know, you're just trying to take away my fun and my life. We haven't even got uh, confirmation that we're coming back in the spring. We haven't either. <laughs> so we just know we're ending in like November for Thanksgiving. That's it. And I feel like they're trying to see how much damage is done in between that Thanksgiving break and Christmas break. It's like, all right, we, can we even bring y'all back? Like, <laughs> Is it even I'm, safe at this point? Our yeah. first football game is this Saturday, home football game. And this isn't a question that we, that we sent you, Victoria, but I have to ask you because you're very smart. Uh -huh. What do you think about college campuses functioning right now? And what do you think about football being played right now? I think it's very irresponsible. You said irresponsible. Uh, yeah, because everybody's concerned about, oh, well, entertainment. I want some entertainment, and I understand that. But at the same, like, like what, we just, what we just said, you know, people who are in their teens and early 20s, they're still living at home. And 
the parents are taking care of the grandparents. And so they get sick from hanging out with their teammates or going to the game or going to pregames or parties or whatever. And then they're going to go home on the weekends or they're going to go home for fall break or Christmas break or whatever. And they're going to give it to their families and then their family, like, and what they don't understand is, Oh, I'm, I'm staying away from grandma and grandpa because they're immunocompromised, but you're not staying away from all of the people who are who are going to be in contact with grandma and grandpa. So you're indirectly giving it to that person. Like, do you see, do you see what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what people are not grasping because it doesn't matter how awesome grandma and grandpa social distance and stay safe when it just takes one person who is infected, who they trust to come into their house and infect them. And that's how it's, that's really how it's like impacting. I, what I have seen, it's impacting the older generation. It, they're okay. the older generation, not the ones that are out partying and being irresponsible. <laughs> very true. Very true. <laughs> Tell me this. I have a question. This is, this is a yeah. random question. So, you know, when I go into the campus, right, I don't necessarily meet any, anyone face to face. So I was always, as I was coming back, I was like trying to monitor my head and keep track of who I saw face to face to make sure. But now I'm so paranoid. I'm like, as I walk through the door, I'm like, how many people touch this door? Yeah. <laughs> You know, me too. Is that a is is that a, like a valid concern? Like, yes, because people are like, I literally I've seen people remove their masks so many times to cough or sneeze in their hand. I was like, uh oh. <laughs> Don't tell me that. I didn't see next. I was sitting next to me on the airplane. I was about to like slam my head against the wall. I was like, this is not okay. He um, literally like removed. So many people do that. They remove their mask because they don't want their mask to be wet and touch their face, which is, I understand, understandable. But you still are sneezing right in your hand and you, you touch the door handle or you touch, every, I mean, anything with your hand. I mean, you sneeze in your dominant hand and then you go touch everything with your dominant hand. You're now spreading whatever's there. And, I, and everybody is like, oh, I'm, I don't have COVID, I don't have COVID, I don't have COVID. Well, let's just say that you don't know that you have COVID and you cough, it might not be a COVID cough, you know, like a symptom of COVID, mm. but if it's in your lungs and you just like, oh, I just drank something and it went down the wrong way. Well, you just coughed up COVID. So <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? Like, it's not yeah. like, oh, you're like coughing because you have COVID. You can cough uh, for any reason, oh. but now it's in the air. So my paranoia is not like just being crazy. Like it's- I am paranoid. <laughs> you're paranoid and you're a nurse. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm paranoid because I've seen what happens. Yeah. And, and speaking, of, speaking of seeing what happens, so you actually had COVID. Tell us about that experience, like, you know, your symptoms, how long you had to quarantine, what that was like. So um, I think, which I'm not sure exactly where I got COVID from. Mm. I was, I ended up being, I think, exposed multiple times when actually back home, this is the, before I left um, to become a travel nurse, I was working in a cardiovascular ICU and um, there was some talk about COVID going on. This is before, obviously, the huge outbreak. Um, and we were talking about, should we be wearing masks? Some of the nurses were talking amongst themselves at the nurse station. Should we be wearing masks? We were like, I don't think so. Like, I don't really know. Um, so one of the nurses actually asked our manager if we could wear masks and she said no. And so, um, like within a week or two, there was an outbreak on our unit. Um, and so I don't know if I picked it up there because I, shortly after that, I put my two weeks in, um, and I left, um, to go to New York. And then within the first week of me being there, I had a stomach ache, which I thought was from 
takeout. I just thought it was bad takeout that I had because that's how, you know, I, I eat at hotels is I only eat takeout. Um, cause there's, like I said, there's no kitchen or anything. So, um, a week later, the hospital that I was working at was offering asymptomatic testing to their workers. And I was like, sure, I, I'll get tested. So I got tested and that's how I found out that I had COVID. Um, but my stomach ache was something that I, I could never, I would never wish that stomach ache on, on my worst enemy. It was excruciating. I was like balled up <laughs> a little like in the fetal position in my hotel room. Like, oh my gosh, this hurts so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. Jesus, you, you're getting me paranoid again because <laughs> last week <laughs> my stomach was hurting. <laughs> it was like the whole day and I had like no energy and I was just all like, <laughs> 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 and I was like, man, I started to get a little worried, but my friend told me the other day, I have a stomach ache. I said, you need to get tested. Hmm. See, any little thing is like, you know, me and Drew always talk or we laugh. We're like, as soon as, as soon as we get around people or we touch something or, you know, we go out, I'm like, why is my throat itchy? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you're just so paranoid. Like, is, is it mental now? You know what I mean? And we yeah, were kind of talking about, before we uh, started recording about how long it's going to take us mm-hmm. to get away, to not even think about it. Like, like it might be 2022 before we we don't even think about it anymore i think it's gonna be uh, longer and probably longer um and you know we got young kids and my my son is like you know before we leave the house he's like mask up and i'm like oh. <laughs> i'm like is this going to be his thing like is this is this so impactful that this is going to be like this that younger younger generation of this is just what they do it's normalized to you know, wear mask and be cautious. Uh, because when he goes back, when he starts school, schools are, I mean, can you imagine what them little kids are, are mentally, subconsciously, or not even understanding what they're doing, but it becomes their habit post-elementary okay. from junior high. So um, it's kind of nuts when you think about it. It is. We, we kind of answered like a lot of questions in general talking, but so I, I'll, I'll start with this. So we got, you know, we got K-12, opening and we got college campuses being opening. What's your kind of perspective or thoughts on that just on the college campus? Cause someone, I heard one guy say, he was like a, a chancellor. He was like, man, college campuses are just like um, cruise ships on land. <laughs> as far as like, you know, when, if it, you get an outbreak, I mean, hey, it's just gonna happen. So yeah, you look at it like, man, y'all are just stupid for this. Like, how, how would you say to, what would be best practices in your mind? So, um, and this was, this was actually my concern when I was in New York about being in the hotel room. Um, it can be transmitted through the air vents. And so my concern, was, <laughs> I know now you're going to both be like, oh my gosh, yeah. just we're going to go into Hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> Which, like, you mean like okay. the movie Outbreak, like that? Have you seen the okay, movie so Outbreak? There was, there was Netflix, which oh, I hate that I don't know off the top of my head. There was this Netflix episode called Explained, and there was they were talking about one of the outbreaks that we've had. I mean, you know, we've had like so many different little outbreaks right. over the past 15 years. I can't remember which one, it, which outbreak it was. I'm sorry, but they were talking about how it was transmitted through the air vents. Um, and so I'm not exactly sure. Obviously, there hasn't been that much research done about like whether or not it can be transmitted through the air vents. But um, when you turn on your air vent in your 
in your like bathroom, I mean, that has to be sucked up and taken somewhere else. So, I mean, if you think about that for like the dormitories, um, and when you go out to restaurants, that for sure has been proven earlier this year in Hong Kong, there was an outbreak. Um, and the CDC came out with a Venn diagram. It was like a picture of, there were three tables and person sitting in like seat A1 was asymptomatic that morning, but later that day had a cough, went to the hospital, got tested and was tested positive, but they were sitting underneath an air vent, which moved it that way to like to the, the left side of the room. And it sure enough, every single person who was in the trail of that air vent all tested positive within the next two weeks. And that was the only person that they had known contact with like that had COVID. Um, and so as far as like, you know, I don't know as far as like the apartment in like hotel rooms and dormitory air vents, like if I'm just sitting in my living room and I'm coughing, if that will transmit it, I don't think, I would hope not, but as far as like air vents in the bathroom, I know that that has been shown like with certain airborne pathogens to carry it because you have to distribute the air somewhere. If it, if it doesn't go outside, well, where is it going, you know? Mm. Um, but as far as like what another concern that I would have aside from the air vents would be like stairwells, um, elevators, hallways, places where people are like, oh, there are no people around so I can take my mask off. And that's totally false because if somebody was walking around with their mask off and had coughed or sneezed or anything within the past three hours and you're walking around thinking no one's here so it's safe to take my mask off, you're not breathing that in. And so, um, yeah, like people think because nobody's around, it's safe. And that's not really the case. No good. This thing we is uh, super paranoid now. <laughs> We should just end it now because there's this is not going in the right direction. I don't even want, I don't even want to go outside anymore. Because <laughs> you remember the movie Outbreak, Drew. Yeah. Victoria, have you seen that movie? I think so. Oh, well, no, I've seen Contagion. I haven't seen Outbreak. I, did you see Contagion? Contagion. Contagion. That's disgusting. That is, hey, that is literally bad right now. <laughs> that's literally what I thought that earlier this year was going to turn into. Like, people breaking into people's stuff, like, into people's cars and stuff. Like, I thought maybe, you know, well, we see a mask in that person's car, we need to break into that car. You know, I didn't know how bad this was gonna get. Right. Everybody was out buying guns in the beginning of the year or when it started. And toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper, like, yeah. like what? I know. So, we, yeah, what were you gonna say? But no, Outbreak, there's a scene in the movie where, uh, I forget my man's name, the main guy, he's in one of the rooms with the patient and there's like, they're like, he he hasn't been in contact with anybody like how did he get it he's looking around and he looks up and there's a vent and the, he follows the vent like goes to the other room and it's the person that actually has whatever the movie whatever the movie was based on and that person mm -hmm. was in there coughing and sneezing and it went through the air vent so in my mind what you just said yeah i'm like i went to work today so i'm like thinking like <laughs> Is there a vent in my office? That I, I always wear your mask, even in your office. See, I haven't been doing that, though. I haven't. When I get in my office, I take it off because I'm like, okay, I'm safe. It's I'm, safe. But I'm going to wear my mask <laughs> in my office from here on out. I might put it on now. I don't know these people around here, right? Now. Um. <laughs> but, yeah, so I, I know, Drew, this is your question, but I'll go ahead and ask it since we talk about it. <laughs> What do, you, 
What do you think about vaccines? All this talk about vaccines and, and you know, them being ready by November and January and next year. What are your thoughts? Um, I think vaccines work. I believe in vaccines. But will I be running to go get this vaccine as soon as it comes out? No. Um, I don't, I think that it's happened very quickly. So I'm not really sure what the side effects are, but I'm, I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I honestly haven't been keeping up to date with the vaccines because I've been working like seven days a week. So um, I've been hearing talks about the, the fact that they have a vaccine available and stuff. I mean, I guess I'll believe it when I see it, but I don't really know if it's, I don't know what the side effects of it would be. I mean, I just have so many questions. So I won't be, I won't be going to get the first batch. I'll just say that. No. Hey, I, I joke with I know what you're going to say, Drew. Go ahead. I joke with Kate every day, man. I was like, yo, this is really about to turn to I Am Legend. Because it's like, I'm, I will not be that first one because I could just see it. Like, who makes a scene in three weeks? Like, I just don't <laughs> see it. Like, Listen, so there were two major um, companies that are invested in vaccines or whatever. So they're already, you know this, they're running tests. They already got like a trial vaccine out there. Did you hear why they had to stop giving out this vaccine? Somebody died, right? Well, I didn't hear the death part. I heard two people had some crazy symptoms, and I heard one of them had some spinal cord problems. <laughs> and so I'm I'm not laughing at the situation. I'm laughing at, and it's, I'm not even laughing. It's more like I'm laughing just to not cry. To hide the, to just, yeah. to hide, to hide the <laughs> because I'm like, if... I mean, like Drew's saying, how can you make a vaccine so fast? And people want the vaccine, though. People are like, yes, that way we can go back to normal restaurants, bars, vacation, blah, 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 blah. And then you hear these two conglomerate corporations, and this is what they do. They actually came together. They might be competitors, came together to work together to come up with the best. So the best scientists, the best epidemiologists, the best researchers have come together. And this is one of the, they had to stop everything. And so I'm just like, that's a bad sign that yeah. y'all are rushing this because, you know, all of this, again, a lot of it is tied to the November election. You know, 45 wants to say under my leadership, I gave yeah. you what you wanted and re, you know, vote for me, you know, but um, it's scary, man. I mean, I'm with you. I'm not going to take that first batch. I know they want the, the people of color to take it because we're the ones that are, you know, being affected the most. And they're like, if it works on the colored people, it'll work for everybody else. But, you know, nobody, nobody in this house, they're not going, you know, we're not doing that because yeah. it's just too risky, man. And like you said, we might be healthy right now after we take it, but, you know, 10, 15 years, I'm going to be walking, I might, might just have a, a little twitch or something. And I'm like, what happened? <laughs> right. Well, well, are you going to get the flu vaccine? Yeah, me and Meg were just talking about that. And um, she she thinks I should. What do you think? Definitely. Okay. I typically what do you think, Drew? <laughs> Drew's I like, mean, I've, I've actually never had the flu vaccine. What? Um, never really had, never had the flu. You had a cold, but... I'm not like I'm not against it. It's just that I've just never had the flu. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. You definitely should get the flu vaccine. People die of the flu. Yeah. 
Hey, Victoria, I need you to call my mother, your auntie, when we went okay. after this is over because she she's like Drew, she's never gotten it. And we've been trying to tell her, you know, she's a little bit older. Uh, you know, she needs to get the, and you know, in her line of work, she's around people all the time. So I'm like, you need to get that, Miles. Just go to the CVS. It's free. Just, you know, go yeah. get it. But she's like, she's never gotten it. So she's never gotten sick like that. Uh, I'm like, okay, <laughs> keep rolling the dice there, Ma. I don't want to have to deal with that. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I'm, I think oh, I'm going to get it Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. I need it. it. I still need it. But, yeah. So okay. do you think, okay, once, let's say we get on a, on a good track to getting back to normal, right? What do you think people can do as far as creating that healthy lifestyle, especially like people of color, to where we won't, if something else happens like this, we won't be the main population being affected? Well, a lot of um, like health issues that we have in our community is like diabetes and hypertension. Um, and I think we could do a lot better as far as like our diet is concerned and, and staying healthy and exercising um, so that wouldn't put us at such a high risk for getting situate stuff like COVID um, because that right there, like hypertension and diabetes are putting you at a greater risk for getting COVID as it is right now. Um, and so I think if we just live a, a healthier lifestyle, um, maybe changing our diet, maybe not using, you know, so much butter or grease or so much salt while we cook or so, or, you know, taking that 30 minute walk around the neighborhood every day or five days out of the week or something like that, just to make us more healthy. Um, so that way when we have, when our bodies have to fight against something like the flu or COVID, um, we can do it so more efficiently as, as opposed to, you know, we're already setting ourselves up for failure. Um, another thing is smoking. A lot of people don't think um, smoking is that big of an issue or they think that smoking weed is better than smoking cigarettes and they're okay. Well, that still puts your lungs at a risk for getting COVID and even smoking weed, like that causes inflammation of the lungs, that puts you at greater risk for getting COVID and you're weakening your immune system by, by doing these things. And so I think if you just live a healthier lifestyle, um, that way, whenever, if we were up against COVID or anything, um, your body could fight it off more effectively and efficiently as opposed to like setting yourself up for failure. Yeah. I know you said, uh, you said you watched those shows explained on Netflix. Yeah, I've seen some of them. I'm kind of like addicted to the watching the ones specifically about pandemics, so. <laughs> Then you saw what I was talking about. I always watch it, right? And I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, who the hell is eating bats? <laughs> because oh. it's like chopping bats up, eating them, and like wondering why they're getting infected with livestock. And it's like, <laughs> uh, exactly. So then you saw the episode that I was talking about. Do you see that one? Yes. Yeah, where it was like, and did you see the episode where it was like, um, this person traveled up the elevator and then got off on this floor and then infected all of these people? Yeah. It's That's what I think about COVID. That's I how I feel about COVID. I don't think I want to watch this show. I want to watch it. I'm intrigued. Like, I, I've seen a couple of them, but I haven't seen the pandemic ones. You should watch it. Yeah. I don't know if and I want it was, to. <laughs> it'll make you not want to go outside for the rest of the day just because it's like, you know, it's just, it's pretty it's crazy. Scary, but it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know. I'm so glad you talked about um, smoking because so many of the students that that go to the university I work at, uh, you know, vaping is that is the thing now. Yeah. And so before COVID started, I was on this um, committee and we were researching vaping and 
you know, having these campaigns on campus, like basically stop vaping. Like, you know, for us when growing up, it was like, don't do drugs, dare not to do drugs. Now it's, you know, we're past that. Now it's, it's so sophisticated with these little pods and vaping mm -hmm. is the new cool, like hookah, but vaping is cool because you got the latest little technology piece and you can the blow flavor. flavors and you can get on TikTok and, you know. And yeah. so I was telling students, like, you know, I taught a little basketball course and I'm not, you know, Victoria, you know, I, I still got it. So before you come in, I still got it. But you know, <laughs> I'm, a little, I'm a little older. And so, but I'm Drew don't Drew don't hoop no more. Drew out of this conversation. I'm still in the, I'm still in the mix. I still get it in before COVID. All right, all right. I'm, I'm, I saw somebody, I don't want to interrupt you. I saw someone tether Achilles um, jumping rope, hopscotch. So yeah, uh, I'm out of, I'm out of, I don't want I don't want nothing to do okay. with. Thanks for ruining my dreams. Yeah, <laughs> but, but continue, but continue. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was out there playing ball with my class, and these dudes are sucking wind. They're like, and I'm looking like you've only been playing for five minutes, right? So I was talking to one of my my uh, students. I said, Hey man, you all right? Because you know they have to fill out that form before the semester starts to let them know let me know if they have any preconditions or whatever and i pull up this form and i'm like you you, you said you were good like what's up <laughs> so, like he said coach you know they're calling me coach they're like coach i ain't gonna lie to you man i i vape a lot and i was like no man black kid and i'm like no dude that ain't the move like you're a good looking kid you're young you're smart and I'm like, I'm wondering why I'm out here killing you. It's because you, you can't breathe, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm just like, I can't, and, and so then, then COVID hits. So this was like, this was like uh, February, I'm having this conversation. Then COVID hits in March. And then, so I'm trying to get in touch with him, like post, I'm sending him articles before COVID. I'm sending him articles about why not to do it. People his age are in nine or in comas. You know, this thing was like a, was crazy when it first, the vaping stuff. So then COVID hit. And so I'm trying to get in touch with him. Like, hey, like, you know, you good? No response. And so I still haven't heard from him. So I've been thinking about him. Like, you know, even this semester, I'm trying to find a kid. Um, but anyway, I'm just, I'm so grateful you said something about smoking yeah, because young people, I haven't heard from him, but I'm sure he's fine. I mean, I, I don't think anything. Kids, kids are just rude, man. Kids are just rude. Yeah, kids are just rude. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to this no matter what. Yeah, I'm an old guy, so he don't, I'm not cool to him. So he's like, I'm not going to keep in touch with Mr. Cable, right? So, um, but you know, we care, you know, we work in, we work with these students. That's why we in it because we care about them. So, um, you know, they just, but again, they think that smoking weed or vaping, like, it's the cool thing. And then yeah. a pandemic hits that affects your immune system. And, you know, it's just sad. It's like the perfect storm. It really is. Um, and they don't get it. They don't care to get it. I know. <laughs> we see it all day, every day. But, well, I mean, I'm hopeful, though, that, you know, they will get it. And, I mean, we got to be, because if not, I mean, we might as well not do our jobs which is try to you know just per persuade them to like yeah it sucks college sucks right now you can't do what college is all about which is get together socialize do activities that's really you know that that's you know college is 30 percent classroom 70 percent let me figure out how dumb i could be <laughs> and get away with it you know what i mean so you you just can't you can't do that right now and and 
I, I sound, I don't want to sound like a hypocrite because me and Drew always laugh. We like, if we were in college, I don't, I, you know, I like to sit here as a mature doctor and say, hey, I would be in my room. I would log on and do my work. But then I also think when I was 18 to 22. So I don't know. Um, but anywho, uh, Drew, are you up to bat? Let's see here. We kind of already talked about, you know, how long you think it would take to get back to normal. We, we kind of already think about it. Like, you know, yeah, get back to normal. I'm still getting about six, eight months. I'm not trusting anything. But we'll. Saying it's going to last two years. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll transition to a different uh, topic. So we kind of both saw this as well, you know, with your post. What were your emotions that kind of went through your mind when you saw, like, the stories about, you know, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Maude Aubrey, Jacob Blake, and stuff like that? Uh, it was definitely sad, of course. Um, I think it obviously rocked, like, the whole nation, especially, you know, Breonna Taylor and um, George Floyd. But, of course, people being in the Black, us being in the Black community, we see all of the deaths. Um, we weren't just paying attention to the ones that are making the news and, you know, cherry picking the ones like, oh, well, this one's bad and this one was wrong. And it's not this one, this time it wasn't the black person's fault, you know, how that goes. Um, but I mean, it's definitely, it's sad. I mean, even I was in New York when, um, the, when George Floyd passed and right before I went to New York was when, um, people were starting to talk about the passing of Breonna Taylor, but they didn't actually, it hadn't made like mainstream yet. I'd just seen like one person post about it. Um, Sean, it was on Sean King's account. That was the first time. And then I was like, this is crazy. But no one had even spoken about it at that point. It wasn't until I was already in New York and um, in New York, they had their own issues. I mean, the NYPD, you know, they have a really long history of not treating African-Americans right or black people right. Um, and I mean, I could see that all the time. They were, you know, arresting pe black people, hitting, beating black people for not social distancing or wearing masks. Meanwhile, they're like in the richer communities in the upstate um, or in um, like upper Manhattan, giving out, passing out masks and like just walking around all the overly crowded parks um, and stuff like it's no big deal. But meanwhile, they're like arresting and beating up black people. Um, I mean, it, it's just, it's really sad and it's really depressing. And this, this last assignment when I went to Texas, I had to tell myself I had to like, I can't, I, it, like I have to disconnect from social media and watching all the like the unfortunate deaths of African Americans because it really did take a toll on me in New York um, when I was already going through like depression from work and then coming home and getting on social media and seeing you know my friends are sending me stuff that's going on and it pops up on my explore page and I'm like I can't deal with this and work <laughs> like it has to only be one and I can't obviously not work so um but i just didn't stay uh, as up to date but i mean i i know about you know every i know about everybody's passing obviously and those that have passed but i mean it's it's sad it's depressing and it's not going to change unless people in the government stand up and make a difference you know we can keep calling and calling and calling about brianna taylor i've called so many times i honestly think that they've changed their phone number because they know they know that that's the phone number that everybody's been posting and they just don't even acknowledge that anybody's calling anymore. Nobody even picks up the phone. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. it's sad. They're, they're banking on just like, that's yeah. And that's because to be honest with you, that's, you know, there's a hashtag for weeks and a month and some change and then it kind of goes away. But I just think this time around is different. I think it's very unfortunate that you know, you got George Floyd, you got Breonna Taylor, you got Jacob Blake, 
uh, the yeah. most recent one that made the headlines, been so many other ones over the past few years. But I think because it was like back to back to back and COVID had everybody at the house, basically. And watching their phones. Watching their phones, watching the news. They wanted to get out their house anyway. So yeah. now we're going to get out and protest, which was a beautiful thing, by the way. I, I, I mean, you know, I can't get out there, but, you know, any movement is always you know, people your age or younger that, that started. And and like I tell Drew and other people my age, I'm like, the best thing we can do is support them, whatever that looks like. Because while you all are, and, and younger people out there on the front lines, that's that's where I think our role is. And to, uh, you know, have conversations with people that don't look like us at, at our at our jobs, at our institutions and, and things like that. But um, I just feel like this time around, it's different because it's not just black people protesting. It's, it's people of all genres, color, race, creed, religion. I mean, anybody that has any empathy in their heart is trying to fight for equality. And, um, you know, even people, and I'm sure you talk to your father and your mother, I mean, my people say this is, this is different. That, and that's, that's what gives me hope because these are people that have lived through the civil rights movement and other things and they're like yeah this is different this feels different so i hope we don't stop i hope that people keep calling that number matter of fact text it to me i'll call it too with you um because you know something's got to give and i hope people get out there and vote in two or three months uh what is it two months basically from no less than two months it's less than two months yeah days until election yeah so uh we gotta if we don't get out there and vote this time (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with it. I don't know what is wrong with you guys. No, just kidding. Hey, <laughs> but, I, was, I was in my freshman seminar class today, and I was like, y'all going to vote? I had, some, I had that one person say, I mean, it ain't made no difference. I don't even know what the – I was like, we're not going to entertain that negative talk. We're not going to do that. No. <laughs> it's so easy for you. We have absentee ballot voting. <laughs> no excuse. But so, I really do like that, like, social media platforms, like Instagram has gotten on, and it's like, you can register to vote just by clicking right here. You know, I doing that too, and you can like make a post and also include like, like register to vote on your post, so somebody can just tap it to register to vote from your story. Like I really do like, that. and I honestly think it's kind of a little bit of a dig to Trump because everybody's now everybody's saying you need to go vote. So anybody who I feel like anybody who's saying right now who's saying you need to go vote is like being like get him out of the office. Absolutely. Anybody who was not registered was probably one of the people who would not have voted for Trump. Right, yeah. Because people who wanted to vote for Trump were already registered. It's the old white people. Right, yeah. And so there's younger people. And you gotta love technology for that because that's, again, that's where the younger generation is all day. And right. so you have to make it accessible and easier, the easiest thing possible. Click, boom, yeah. put, put your name, put your stuff in. You're good, five minutes tops. Yeah, and it says register in less than two minutes. And it's like, okay, fine, I can give you two I minutes. Can do that. I can yeah, do that. Get two minutes. I got two yeah. minutes. I got two minutes okay. before, I got, before I got to scroll on Shade Room. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, look, um, what advice would you give somebody that wants to follow in your career path? I mean, obviously, it's a tough career. And, um, you know, you, we, we certainly appreciate it, but it's tough. It's not for everybody. What advice would you give to somebody? And before you answer that, right, can you kind of explain your, uh, how you, not necessarily what made you want to get into nursing, but I can remember, you know, you coming around the house when you were young, young, yeah. right? And all of a sudden, 
you were done with college, you were your nurse. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <a> good point. <laughs> Can you kind of like just talk about like, yeah, this is the route I took and yeah. how did you do that? And as far as advice for anybody else? Yeah. So um, I was introduced to like nursing because dad, my dad, um, like was, he just suggested it, maybe just shadow a nurse. So I shadowed a bunch of nurses over one summer when I was going in my junior year of high school. Um, and I was like, yeah, this is, this is what I want to do. So I did all my prerequisites at a community college, which I actually, I know a lot of like students in high school are like, I don't want to do that. They're, they're like, I want to go away and have the college experience. I never had that. Um, but I also didn't have the student loans either. So I went to the community, I went to community college, which is right up the street from my house and um, probably cost a few thousand dollars a year. Um, and then after I was finished all my prerequisites, I went to um, a University of South Carolina upstate, the upstate location, um, which is like 30 minutes from my house and I commuted. I was thinking about staying on campus, but then I was just like, I can just commute because it just saved so much more money. So um, if I were to go back, I'd probably do the same thing. Um, if I were to suggest what other people should do, I would probably suggest the same thing because um, my dad used to always say this and like, now that I'm an adult and I can see, you know, like how parents are always right, but you always want to be like, no, you're not right. But um, dad would always be like, you're going to have the same degree. Everybody who's working with you is going to have the same degree. And they're, you know, they're going to, they're not going to care about what school you went to. Everybody's going to get paid the same when you start out. And um, sure enough, like after I graduated, I was, we were just talking about college debt at the nursing station and I paid my college debt off. Like I, my, my goal was to pay it off by my um, 20, 22nd birthday, which was five months after I graduated. So I was like, I need to pay my college debt off by this time. Like, this is just my goal. And I did. And because I had graduated with a few thousand dollars worth of debt. And so I'm sitting at the nurse's station. Everybody's talking about how much debt they're in. And everybody's older than me. And um, <laughs> they're like, one nurse was like, yeah, I have like $100,000 worth of debt, like college debt, so your student loans. I'm like, what? Like... This you almost is, want to make something up just so you kind of fit in, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah, like, yeah, man, me too. Like, <laughs> Big girl. <laughs> but it's just because, you know, when you go into college, you're expected to know what you want to do for the rest of your life. And what she did, which is like what a lot of other students do, is she changed her major after the first year. And so that right there cost her probably $25,000. Um, and so if you don't know, even if you do know, I mean, I suggest just going to, you know, going to community college. I mean, granted, I don't, I don't have all of the party stories that most people have. And I don't have like a thousand friends that you meet at colleges like most people do. But, um, that's actually I mean, good when you become an adult. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was going to say, I'd rather <laughs> not be in debt. Crazy party <laughs> stories. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'd rather not be in debt than have these like drunken stories of me like blackout. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's not, that's not cool after 25. Shout out to Uncle Phil to your dad, man. He, uh, <laughs> it's, it's funny because, not till recently, I got to know him a little bit better. And yeah. we sat outside of my, my parents' house one night and I was looking at him like, you might be the most intelligent person I've ever talked to in my life. <laughs> because he was talking about money. He was talking about finances yeah. and just some of the stuff you just talked about, he was kind of shared with me. And uh, 
gave me some tips for my son and how you can kind of set y'all set they and I know y'all straight for life too. So I, you know, you you and your sister sister because <laughs> he did it the right way. Um, but yeah, look, we we appreciate it, man. We appreciate you keeping us safe out here, taking care of people, and and uh, doing that. You know, I I got word that you got COVID, and my, I got some some instructions not to reach out to you and not to. I wasn't supposed to know. So I didn't because I, I know that's a sensitive, that was a sensitive time. And you know, you don't want people like, hey, you okay? I get it. I'm the same way. So you I didn't. Know you're okay. You don't want people to be like, are you okay? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I know you don't mind now. And that's why I didn't reach out to you because people told me, you know, not to. But I was, I was praying you were fine because I think about when you got it, it was still kind of new. And I was like, oh my God, you know what I mean? And so I told Meg and. You know, we were definitely praying for you. I was like, nah, sister, sister. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we, we appreciate it. We appreciate you taking the time, dropping some gems, and, you know, hopefully people uh, listen up, man, and we can get past this thing. Yeah, hopefully so. I'm, listening. I'm not going outside the rest of the week. <laughs> I we appreciate it, Victoria. You take care, okay? Thank you, yourself. All right, bye-bye. Right,